Welcome to the Live and Lightly podcast. Join us as we share our journey towards simple, intentional living. This led us to pay off debt, sell the majority of our possessions, remodel and inhabit a vintage Airstream travel trailer, leaving us with time, money, and energy for what truly matters. Join the movement towards simple, intentional living. Welcome to episode number seven of the Live and Lightly podcast. Today we are talking all about tiny space living with kids. And before we get into today's show, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that has contacted us through email, through Instagram, through our website, comments through the uh, the show notes, just saying how much they enjoy the show, encouraging us to continue on. It really means a lot to us, and we are are trying our best to keep creating content. We've blocked out Sundays to make that happen, so... Yeah, we're excited to, to keep putting stuff out there, and uh, just thank you for your encouragement. So tiny space living with kids. Many of the tiny housers and full-time RVers you see uh, around the internet, social media, are kidless. Uh, kidless couples living the dream. Uh, but what if you have offspring? What if you have kids? Uh, where do they sleep? Where do you put all their stuff, all that junk they need? Uh, how do you manage bedtime? So today, we are going to look at all of these questions and more all around small spaces with children. Paisley was about a year old when we moved into our Airstream. And actually, she was, I don't know, two, three months old when we bought the Airstream. Uh, And since then, since we moved into the Airstream at one, we've added uh, a brother, a baby brother to the mix, Ryder, who is now one, and Paisley is now four. So we've had to deal with potty training in the Airstream which is 176 square feet, adding a newborn and just juggling two kids and all their stuff in our meager 176 square feet. So I'm excited to share today some of what we've learned along the way. If you don't have kids and you never want kids, uh, maybe this episode isn't for you. Uh, But if if in the future you plan to have kids, you want to live in a small space, you currently have kids living in a small space, maybe you have some struggles, maybe we'll share something that'll be helpful to you. Before we get into today's show, I want to share our show shout out. Tinyhousefamily.com is a blog about a family of four that once struggled with housing and finances and now are thriving with just the the simple tiny house lifestyle. One time, I think it was around 2008, they had a 1,500 square foot house, ran into financial trouble like many other people did at that time, and they lost their house. Um, and from then on, they kind of vowed that they wouldn't they wouldn't have debt that um, you know their next setup would be all paid with cash, and they did it. They scraped together thirteen grand and built a, a little tiny house, and then drug it to some property. And since then, have just been building this awesome little homestead and um, living in this little little tiny house. A family of four. I think their kids are tweens, maybe I don't know, ten and fourteen, or or somewhere in there. Anyway, right now they are building mortgage-free a larger tiny house. I think it's about 800 square foot. What was it? 16 by 24 or um, 18 by – anyway, 800 square feet. It's two stories, much bigger than their 160, 80 square foot tiny house, but they're doing it mortgage-free. On their blog, they have an e-course about – let's see here. Dream of mortgage freedom? Take our e-course. And uh, it looks like – the outline looks fantastic. Uh, anyway, I really enjoyed poking around their blog, and it's really inspiring to us because eventually we want to 
get some property. We want to have some type of uh, little homestead, little farmlet, and um, maybe build a medium tiny house. Maybe, I don't know. I've really enjoyed poking around their blog and would love to get them on the uh, the show someday. So check out tinyhousefamily.com. Okay, tiny space living with kids. Uh, I'd like to start out by talking about the perfect small space setup with kids. And this is this is my opinion, um, having lived with kids for in a small space for three years. The ideal setup is to have some type of separate spot where you can put kids down for bed, naps, where it's quiet, where they don't see you, preferably where they don't hear you, um, which I guess you can use a noise machine. But anyway, our trailer is kind of, it's open. So the kids' space is kind of uh, the dinette area. The kids sleep. Paisley has a little, uh, basically she sleeps in a sleeping bag and a Thermarest three-quarter inflatable little air mattress under the dinette, and that's kind of her bedroom space. And then Ryder sleeps in a pack-and-play kind of in front of that, in in front of the door. We found a pretty small pack-and-play that works fairly well. And uh, But the problem is when it's bedtime, I mean, if we're going to put the kids down at 7.38, we generally don't go to bed at that time. So, you know, we're maybe up and doing stuff, and so Ryder's standing in his, in his pack-and-play just staring at us, you know, sobbing and crying. Uh, and then Paisley is is you know, sitting in bed playing, maybe looking at books. And our kids for the last, I don't know, year have been going to bed at ridiculous hours. One of those reasons is because we're sometimes hanging out with friends and stuff. And yeah, we're just, I guess, keeping our kids up, which wasn't cool. Kids weren't sleeping well. We weren't sleeping well. So we needed to, uh, we needed to switch some stuff up, which pretty much means we need to go to bed earlier. We need to kind of have most of the lights out and kind of in our bed with with maybe headlamps or just smaller lights reading or chatting or whatever, but the space needs to be quiet for the kids. So a perfect setup in our trailer would be to have some bunks towards the backs, so maybe against the back wall where you could pull a curtain or do a little accordion door or something so there's just a separate space. So a rest of the living space, kitchen and dinette and stuff could be, I mean, you could stay up. You could cook if you wanted or work at the dinette, and then eventually, you know, fold that down to a bed. A lot of the newer trailers have rear bedrooms, which is really nice. You can put kids down in there. I know a couple of families that one family built kind of some little bunk things. So they have three kids and that's like the kid's room is in the back, which is outstanding just to have them just a separate space for your kids. So right now, I mean, we're just going to be going to bed earlier for our kids and we're not really going to remodel our trailer to try to add some bunks or uh, it'd be quite a bit of work. But eventually, we want to have a little bigger space that has designated kid space. I guess before I dive into this, like, we love our tiny space. Besides this kind of one issue, it's uh, it's very sufficient. Like, it's we love our space. Um, so eventually, we would like to get a, uh, a tiny house. So this is our, you know, three to five-year plan. Build a 26-foot a tiny house. And towards basically it'd be our same layout, except we'd have a bigger loft that would be our separate bedroom. And then the kids towards the back of the bathroom would have some bunks against the walls. So we could just kind of seal that off and the front of the house would be, um, could be habitable. You could be up maybe on the show notes. I'll put my sketch of kind of my, my idea of a perfect layout. And then, um, 
yeah, as far as traveling, tiny houses aren't the best for traveling. I mean, for one, they are freaking heavy and they are not the most, I mean, they're like a sail. They're not very aerodynamic. So we would still, we'd like, like to get some property, um, have a little homestead farmish thing and still be able, we still would like to travel some of the time and, uh, yeah, get a, a fuel efficient car, maybe like a Volkswagen turbo diesel and get a teardrop trailer. So a five by eight or something teardrop trailer so we could travel inexpensively, quickly, efficiently. And then we go see family, just kind of stay with them for three, four weeks and then hit the road. So ideally in the future, like I said, three to five year plan, we would like to have some property, one to 20 acres, something like that. And some type of tiny house where the kids can have their own space. And um, yeah, have a teardrop trailer so that we can we can travel still maybe two months out of the year. So we'd stay put 10 months or so and then have the option to travel two, three months, something like that. So a newborn in a small space. That can be really challenging, especially if you have other children. As everyone knows, newborns do not sleep the best. And uh, when we when we brought Ryder home, we actually, that summer, we had Shay's mom come and stay with us. And we had a series of friends that uh, went on vacation. And they were like, hey, you want to come pull your trailer over to our house and house sit? And we're like, oh, that'd be sweet because Shay's mom would be in town. She could stay in the house. We could stay in the trailer. And so for, I think, over a month, we had a series of uh, houses that we were house sitting for. And um, so we could kind of spread out a little bit. And we were actually in the trailer for that first month. And that was really, actually, that was really nice because as we were getting Ryder on a, a sleep routine and kind of figuring things out, you know, if he was crying for hours during the night, uh, it, it didn't affect Paisley, which actually Paisley is a pretty heavy sleeper. So sometimes he still cries and it doesn't really phase her at all. So I think it just depends on if you have other kids and you're bringing home a newborn, do you have heavy sleepers? And it may be nice if if that's something you're doing to maybe arrange to have maybe a little more space, whether you're staying with someone or and it's completely doable. So everybody knows that babies go poop and pee in their pants. So what did we do about diapers? Well, the first I think four to six months or so, we did cloth diapers. Uh, we did that with Paisley as well. And you know, when they're when babies are on breast milk, you know, the the number two isn't, you know, isn't terrible. It's not as foul as when they're starting to eat solid food. That worked really well. And I'll just give you kind of a breakdown of how we managed that in the trailer without a washing machine. So we had a little two gallon bucket with an airtight screw lid. And then we had like a little Parmesan shaker of uh, baking soda. And so when we would change Ryder's diaper. We use G diapers. And so G diapers have like three components. You have the little outside pant, which is fabric. And then you have a little like waterproof liner that can snap out. And then you have the inside like thing that actually catches. Um, for the first couple of months, we had some disposable ones um, or compostable ones. And we used those for the first couple of weeks, I think, because of the, you know, the baby tar, meconium, whatever it is, that junk, uh, didn't want to, cause that stuff really sticks to fabric. So <laughs> we didn't want that on the, on the fabric liners. And then otherwise we use the, the, like the bamboo fabric liners. And basically you just, we would just pop that out and 
rinse off, kind of spray off the uh, the liner, and then put everything in a bucket and screw the lid tight. Um, and actually, this is kind of foggy to me because it's been a while. I think you're not supposed to put the little waterproof liner. I don't know if we put that in the bucket or not. I'm thinking we put everything together, but we maybe we washed it separate. Anyway, so we put it in a bucket and we just kind of contained it until and put baking soda on it until we were ready to wash it. And we washed it. We have a we had a uh, kind of a, a ghetto laundry system which composed of two buckets, five gallon buckets. One of them we drilled a bunch of holes in. And one of them didn't have any holes in it. And then we got these, one of those hand agitators. It's a little blue thing that looks like a a funnel, a little cone. And then it came with like a little cheesy, you know, two foot handle, which was not like you're hunched over trying to agitate these diapers and that it sucked. So I unscrewed our broom handle. So I got a good long broom handle so that I have to hunch over and, and agitate. And then you need some soap. And then I had a, um, put a little Y on the uh, water intake to our trailer so that I could hook up a hose and then have a sprayer. So have like a high pressure little sprayer thing to kind of get the junk out. So I take our bucket that had everything contained in it and I would dump it out in the strainer bucket, which has all the holes in it. And then I would spray, I'd spray everything out and just rinse it thoroughly. So it didn't have any more solids on it. It was all sprayed nicely. And I think at this point is when I would separate, I'd put the pant in the inside liner wash it together. And then the other one, I think you washed it separately. Uh, and then you would just fill it up with water and some soap and just agitate the junk out of it. And if you want a good workout, those hand agitators, they work fairly well and they're uh, pretty labor intensive. So after that, I would pour all of that contents into the strainer bucket. And then you would take the the solid bucket, the bucket doesn't have any holes, and you put it on top and sit on it or stand on it. And basically it compresses everything down in the strainer bucket and gets out most of the water. And then I would just do a rinse and then kind of strain it, press it, squeeze it out again. And then sometimes I'd even just grab that strainer bucket and whip it around like a, like a ninja, fling out more of the, uh, more of the liquid. And then we have these little hangers that have hooks on them. And then I would just string up like a, like a tie down or some kind of strap from our trailer to our truck or wherever that didn't look too tacky, depending on where we were, where we were at. And then just uh, air dried it. Ryder was born in June. And so I think June, July, August, September, maybe a little bit of October, we did the cloth diapers and it was pretty warm and we could just kind of sun dry them. And uh, yeah, that's how we did cloth diapers and, and washing in the, in the trailer. And it worked, it worked really well. After October, however, it got cold and washing inside the trailer just was not as ideal. So it, it kind of makes a mess. And so trying to do that inside the tub or inside the, it just, it wasn't working. So we eventually got disposable. Unfortunately, have been using those since. Not a real fan of disposable. Yeah, for us, that was the best option at the time. So besides washing cloth diapers, uh, kids oftentimes have accidents in their in their bed and need to have their clothes washed. So what do we do about laundry? Well, Laundry, we either use, well, we have in the past used campground paid laundry, and then we've used friends and family. Uh, I don't think we've once in the last three years gone to a laundromat. Uh, We've always had someone that has offered up their washer and dryer, and we took them up on it, or we've had a campground that's had some paid laundry. And one reason that we use the sleeping bag for Paisley's bed is, 
well, when it's cold and our trailer's pretty drafty, um, it's a nice sleeping bag and it's warm and it's super easy just to pull. It has a little integrated stuff sack that we just stuff it in with her pillow and little blanket. And so it's super easy to set up and put away. And if she has an accident or something, it's um, pretty straightforward just to grab that, you know, to grab the sleeping bag and to toss it in the, uh, in the washer. And besides, if she goes over for a sleepover or camping, she's used to sleeping in her sleeping bag. She's good to go. And that sleeping bag is an REI Nodder, I think. It's a little orange and black one. It has two zips on the side and then a little like place where you can put the pillow. And anyway, it's we've she's used that since I think one and a half maybe and um, worked really well. In the future, when she has some type of bunk or bed, uh, we'll obviously have – you know, more traditional bedding sheets and such. But um, for our for our setup right now, put it up and take it down every day. And it uh, is very, very convenient. So what about all that kid stuff like toys and, and diaper stuff and clothes? Well, for the toys, we have two uh, benches that are kind of the toy boxes. One of them slides in between the, the wood stove and the dinette bench. And then the other one just kind of hangs out underneath the dinette. And those benches we can pull out for additional seating at the dinette. Before we had the wood stove, we just, it was, both of those were one solid bench that fit in to the space between the dinette bench and the little blending station. But once we installed the stove, we put a little pedestal there, a drawer of, a a chest of drawers to put wood storage and, and to keep the stove up off the ground. And uh, anyway, so it took up that space, but we still wanted to have the extra seating and the storage. So we just split the boxes, the benches into two, and um, which it works really good now because we have a box for Ryder and a box for Paisley, and that's their toy boxes. It seems like the toys just procreate, and (laughs) people are always giving us toys. I mean, there's birthdays and Christmas and grandma and grandpas and just hand-me-down stuff. And so we try to contain the toys to um, really just three locations. So we have Ryder's toy box, Paisley's toy box, and then we have a small basket that goes in. It's underneath the dinette. We have a little cubby that's above our water tank. It was just kind of a dead space that I was like, hey, this is usable space. So I just made a little shelf, little cubby, and that's Paisley's little and Ryder's little little cubby. So inside the cubby is a basket that has toys they play with a lot little dolls and balls and yeah, random stuff like that. And then we also have books in that cubby and then extra little blankets and pillows and stuff. Um, so between those three areas, we keep the toys. So Paisley's main toy, she has a, um, like a little doctor play set. She has a little cooking play set. Um, she has some princess dress up stuff. She has a baby doll, actually two baby dolls with accessories and then she has some small little some small little dolls, yeah, little family people stuff. Uh, and then she has uh, Duplo Legos that her and Ryder share. Then they have a the kids also share like a, a box of little play tools, and then some stuffed animals. Ryder has some balls and some specific books. That kid, I mean, he can play. You give him a ball, and he'll just like toss it up in the air and catch it and throw it and kick it, and he'll play with balls for hours. So he's pretty easy. So that's where we keep toys. So for clothes, the kids have baskets in the bulkhead cabinets. And the bulkhead cabinets are above, like at the top of the, the roof of the trailer that run run the length of the trailer. 
So the kids have Paisley has two baskets, one for pants and skirts and such, and one for shirts and underwear and socks. And then the, their shoes go in the cubby next to the front door. And then Ryder has one basket uh, that we just kind of toss everything in. And then just this last year, we put up a a, a closet pole in the uh, in the linen closet in the bathroom for short little hangers for hang up stuff for dresses and dress clothes and coats and stuff like that. So that's what we do for the kids' clothes. And that's another thing that we constantly have to purge because there's kids are growing out of stuff quickly and and so you have to swap stuff out and you have to be on top of it. Otherwise, those baskets are overflowing and and um, it just gets, it gets messy. So the opposite bulkhead cabinet ab- across from the kids' clothes is where we keep mostly baby stuff. So riders' blankets and diapers and then we have a little basket that has like Odds and in like diaper rash cream and lotions. And then also we keep Paisley's hair stuff in there. So that should cover most of their stuff. Now on to the bathroom. Uh, Paisley is, is potty trained now. And so initially we just had like a little Ikea potty seat that was a little bucket thing, which we now keep in the truck and we use for when we're on the road and, you know, you're in traffic in a major city and she's like, I got to go pee. Um, which is super handy. Uh, we keep bags in the in the truck just in case, you know, and wipes. And anyway, pro tip, keep a potty, a potty seat in the car with you. But once she started to go on the actual toilet, we we bought a, a kid's seat that's integrated into the adult seat. So you have the adult seat, and then you have a little kid's seat that attaches with a magnet to the lid. And you can pull that down and then the lid goes over all of it. And then it's a slow close. Like if you just shut it, it slowly drops down so it doesn't smash the little fingers. And then we have a, um, a little collapsible uh, little collapsible stool that Paisley can pull out underneath the sink, set it up, pull down the potty, little potty seat, sit down, do her thing. And that has worked awesome. We love that little potty seat. Yeah, and it was it's actually really cheap too. I think it was like... 25, 30 bucks, something like that. So in the show notes, we'll be sure to post links and images if we have them to, to all these different things. So on to sleeping and bedtime routine, which is, man, it's something that we really have struggled with. Like I said, in the introduction, we have gotten better about bedtime routine. And actually, I would say that um, it's gotten quite good. Kids are are going to sleep around 8.30 or so, which is way better than 10, 1030, <laughs> which is what happened in the past. Um, so basically our, our bedtime routine is Paisley takes her vitamins, she brushes her teeth, she puts on her pajamas, she goes potty, and then we read her a story. And then we do little, uh, she has a little game. She's like, daddy, I want hug, kiss, tickle, and your thumbs. <laughs> and so I'll give her a hug, give her a kiss, tickle her, and then she likes to grab onto my thumbs and just hang there. She's been doing some rock climbing uh, at the at the gym and really anywhere she likes to climb on things. And so I, she'll see me doing pull-ups occasionally and, what's that, Daddy? And I'll tell her about you know strength training and stuff. So she's been training every evening, grabbing my thumbs and just hanging there. She's, she's getting quite strong. Um, so that's a part of the routine. And then she goes to bed and then she has a little um, dream light, little ladybug thing that has stars on the top of it, little light that she turns on. And something in the in the night too, if if she needs to get up and go potty, she can turn that on and have some light. 
and then she usually lays down and then we either play a podcast of some stories or audio CD of stories or maybe some music and then she can look up books using her dream light but nothing else. Otherwise, she has to stay in bed. And so she usually winds down 20, 30 minutes after we put her down and goes to sleep. And then Ryder, we um, uh, basically, yeah, just put his put his PJs on. Sometimes he has a little milk before bed, put his binky in, lay him down. At first, he was just bawling like crazy. And it was, it was just, it was getting so old. He wanted to grab your, like, grab your thumbs and just hold on to something. So he would soothe and go to sleep and then you'd pull your thumb away and then he would just jerk back up and just cry. And then in the nighttime, it was kind of the same thing. So we got fed up with it and finally just said, okay, he's going to, which Paisley never did anything like this. She was always a rock star sleeper and Ryder, not so much. So since he's a little bit older and one, we decided like, hey, we're just going to let him cry it out a little bit. So about a week, maybe a week and a half, you really struggled with it, but eventually, you know, he would calm down, lay down and go to sleep. And so now we put him in his crib and he might cry, fuss a little bit, eventually just lay down and go to sleep. So praise the Lord for that. So that's our bedtime routine. It's working pretty good. And it would just be so much better if we had a separate space where we could insert kids and that way we could continue. We could stay up and and uh, not have to... Actually, going to bed early isn't a bad thing. It's been It's been pretty good for us. But yeah, that's bedtime routine. So homeschool slash road school. Uh, Paisley is a little over four now, and so we're starting to do some school. Uh, Mom, Shay, is a, is a teacher. She taught for eight, nine years before staying at home, and uh, so she's psyched about, about homeschool, road school. And um, there's so many great resources and opportunities for homeschool that – we're never there before. When I was homeschooled, I was homeschooled three years through grade school. And uh, yeah, it was kind of painful. Uh, my mom wasn't the, the, I guess, most creative and most invested in it. And so I was kind of left to books. And now there's just, there's online options. There's, you know, great, great engaging resources. And one thing that we're really excited about that we haven't participated in yet, um, which is unfortunate, uh, is the Junior Ranger Badge Program. So you can go to a lot of state parks, national parks, and they have these uh, little learning programs where the kids will learn about ecology and some of the history, and, and then they take a little test and they can earn this badge. There's little books that come with it, and it's a great supplement to road schooling, exploring, and yeah, a lot of a lot of our friends on Instagram do the whole road school thing, the uh, junior ranger badge program, which I believe there's a website. You can see what, you know, parks have badges and anyway, there's, there's tons of them. So Shay's not here right now to plug some of the things that she's doing for homeschool or maybe some different resources, but I'll, um, I'll get her to, to jot down a few resources for homeschool if you're interested and maybe we'll have a homeschool episode one of these days and Shay can take it away. Yeah, ideally, Shay and I would be on this show together and with our, our kids where they're at in this stage of life. It just isn't hasn't really been feasible to try to – I mean it's been hard enough to schedule time to for me to record alone, let alone both of us to have you know an hour plus to sit down and, and crank out a show. So some may be wondering – 
In 176 square foot, where do the kids play? That's easy. They play everywhere. <laughs> so for Paisley, yeah, the trailer is her is her fort. Like she climbs up on the counters and on the the dinette. She'll climb up onto the toilet, onto the sink, and then into the linen closet. She calls that her tree fort. And so she'll she has a little fort in there that she crawls in and and Daddy, come knock on the door. Come knock on my tree fort door. So the, the trailer is just her is her play place. There's space on the floor for, you know, she can play Legos and dolls. And yeah, otherwise, kids are outside playing. Like she's outside riding her bike. She's outside in the hammock. You know, we're outside doing stuff. I think young kids, like our kids, at least love the small space. So before we wrap up this episode on tiny space living with kids, I wanted to plug just a couple products that we use and love in, in, in our small space. So the first one for babies specifically is a Bumbo. So a Bumbo is this little formed foam thing that you just kind of stick your kids in and the little chubby legs kind of get locked in there. You can strap them down and then you can put an optional tray on top of it. And it's really nice for feeding. So we can just set Ryder down on the table or on the floor and um, instead of a high chair, we can just put him in the bumbo, put Cheerios and bananas and whatever else on his tray, and he can just kind of, you know, eat it without. Otherwise, he would just be all over the place, you know, running around. And and then it's easy to clean up as well. So that's and also for spoon feeding him, baby food and the bumbo has been invaluable for that as well. And highly recommend the tray with the bumbo. So I mentioned it before, and that's that integrated toilet seat, little potty training seat for little bottoms. And we bought ours just at Home Depot, I believe. Um, like I said, it was it was twenty, thirty bucks, something like that. It uh, it fits most toilet seats. I'm not sure about RV toilet seats if if that would work, but I think most traditional toilets, the integrated seat works awesome. Otherwise, they got you know all all manner of little inserts that you just set on top of the seat. But this one, it just is clean. It's not cluttered. It's easy to clean. It can just pop off and you can spray it off or wipe it off or whatever. And um, I just hate having cluttery stuff. And a lot of kids stuff is, I mean, we have enough of it and we have limited space. So you know, I'd rather not have little kid crap cluttering everything up. So this is one way to, to cut down on that. And then again, mentioned it with the toilet seat, the foldable stool, it uh, kind of just collapses and works Works really good. Paisley can use it to wash her hands. She can use it to go potty. Yeah, it's great for brushing teeth. If she wants to help cook, yeah. So the little little foldable stool, and we'll we'll post post links to these things on the show notes. Another thing that's been awesome to have is a white noise machine. So we got a little kind of portable one that that straps onto the car seat that we can unvelcro and and just put in the crib with Ryder. For a while, we used the iPad or our phone, had like a white noise machine, but I wasn't real comfortable putting like a radiation device by my kid's head. So anyway, this uh, white noise machine has a different timer settings and a volume setting, and it works awesome. So it's good to have kind of on the go and also in the trailer. Yeah, just kind of drowns stuff out and helps helps that uh, sleep time go a little easier. The last thing that we could not do without is the pack and play. So that serves as Ryder's bed, but it's also something we can take with us to serve as his bed and also just to contain him. Like sometimes we'll go to the garden and he likes to rip plants out of the ground. So we'll put him in the pack and play with some balls and some, you know, 
other random stuff that he can just play and be contained in his little cage. There are a number of small pack and plays. Um, there's a, a Lotus brand, I think. There's a Baby Bjorn. Some higher end little foldable ones that are quite a bit smaller than the one we have. And we considered them, but they're like two, 300 bucks. And the one we got was like 65 or something. And it's a lot. The one we have is much easier to set up than some of these other models. And there's even a kind of the same style of ours that has the little, you know, thing that clicks and you push in the bottom and it just kind of folds out like a transformer. There's an even narrower one that uh, we considered getting just to give us a little more space like around the door because where we put it, um, we could have a little more space around it. But ours is um, is serving well. But a pack and play is is uh, is super handy. So that wraps up episode number seven, uh, Tiny Space Living with Kids. I hope there was some information there that helped you if you uh, are living in a tiny space or considering living in a tiny space with kids. Next episode, we are going to be talking about teardrop trailers. And before the Airstream, um, I built a little 4 by 8 teardrop trailer. So much fun. Actually, the building part wasn't so much fun, uh, partially because I just dove into it. We were going on a road trip, and I was like, hey, if I build a teardrop trailer, that'll be cheaper than staying in motels. We could just take what we'd spend on motels, and I'll put it towards materials. So I tried tried cranking out a teardrop trailer in like two weeks before we left and got like, I don't know, 75, 80% done. (laughs) And it turned out to be, uh, instead of a two-week project, more like a year. Anyway, it it was a blast to build. It was awesome to camp in. Paisley was just a couple months old, and we took it, did a long road trip. We pulled it with our Volkswagen uh, diesel and got 35 miles per gallon, pulling a little trailer. It was awesome just to zip into, you know, parking lots and camp. You have your little kitchen in the back. We had a little fan, lights, cooler, water tank. Uh, so we're going to talk about my experience building one in the future, as we talked about in the beginning. That's kind of a part of our three to five year plan is to build another one with the layout for, for two kids, maybe integrating some solar and Anyway, should be a fun episode, so be sure to check that out. Before signing off, I just want to say again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your encouragement. And if you haven't done so yet, and if you've been enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave us a review, an honest review. It, um, it really helps uh, us get before a larger audience. Just want to thank you for that. Until next time, this is Nick inviting you to live intentionally. And the benches, one of them slides in between the wood stove and the dinette bench. Yeah.